0: You are listening to the Holistic Travel Nurse Podcast. I'm so excited that I'm going to be recording this June 1st. Um, I haven't been able to put the episodes out very much, as much as I'd like to, but I thought I need to tie a knot on the liver section. If you've listened to some other of my podcasts recently, I've been diving down into the nitty and gritty of your amazing biggest organ in your body your liver and the things you can do to support that function and we should be um, we live in a fast-paced lifestyle and then you're young you drink alcohol did certain things certain medications certain diets, lifestyle is actually kind of hard on your liver, right? So how can we support that organ? And I have been sharing for a while, you can go back to other podcasts and listen to um, things I've learned about reading the amazing liver and gallbladder flesh, and then all the research I've been diving into with all that, and then actually doing um, a modified uh, liver and gallbladder flesh and i'm just going to brief over that in this episode and then i'm going to get a little clip that i'm going to take off um about dmso i'm hoping to have this author on i got a new book it's very short very sweet I'm um, healing with dmso and then i am so excited because i'm staying put now And I'm going to be able to have my business I'm trying to get my business going up and where I'm be able to offer some incredible, um, spa and wellness services for people in the area where I'm at right now that people will help with their emotions overall, just helping with your body detox, helping your body feel better, you know, helping your skin feel better, helping you feel um, better within your body, not treating anything you feel better that's what I want you to do is I want you to feel better in your own body you know it's about quality of health you know I want you to feel quality and be able to move and eat and breathe and do those things um and sometimes our things we did in our life um caught up with us with our health you know where I'm not I'm not 100% I'm not where I'm at I'm not even close to be at the number I want to be on the scale. Menopause has hit me hard. So I'm super excited. I recently got my journey started with ozone and I have a really cool book, a really cool book on ozone. And I would just, I wanted to start with that. Yeah, let's just start with, I was reading this this morning and I was super excited about um, doing it, on a continuous basis uh, with me and my husband and then uh, myself and um in different formats there's different ways to do ozone so i'm excited excited about that and excited about sharing um what will happen with all of that in time and as I learn more about different ways to use ozone I've been using ozone for a long time like ozonated olive oil I've been doing for a long time or um, different stuff but we're looking at different ways and um, my husband has actually seen a health practitioner and has gone to a place and done medical um IV ozone and he goes to a place um in Texas where he does uh sauna ozone so there's lots of different ways to get ozone and if you don't know what ozone is i'm just gonna there's this book by dr jacob willings phd i thought this was so interesting two different things interesting in the beginning of this it's very small book but it's impacted with a, a tons of information but ozone is in the atmosphere ozone is essential for our lives and the air we breathe. Ozone purifies the low atmosphere combining it with dangerous um, hydrocarbons, reducing them to harmless carbon dioxide and water. Ozone shields us from the deadly radiation of the super atmosphere forming much talked about the ozone layer. The ancient Hebrew had an intuitive sense of the importance of ozone. This is what he says in here. Referring it to as the breath of God. I thought, oh, that's so intriguing. So intriguing as he gets um, much further into the applications, the research, and the complete knowledge of um, ozone. And he talks about a Nobel Prize winner in the 1931 who discovered it and what they've done with ozone. Um, and, um, all the things that it helps with your body. I just thought that was like, there's more parts of this that I definitely thought that, um, it's just intriguing to me. So if you don't know what ozone is, it's a gas, it's O3. It's super cool. And a hundred years ago, um, uh, they they have this whole theory. I'm, I'll get into that so much more. Maybe I'll have this guy on and I will I will start to have like one day a month where I can do some interviews. And I have sit down in that day and I get like four or five interviews scheduled that day. That's my plan in time. I just been too chaotic with the new job, the new place the grandkids, everything else that goes on with my life, you know, in your life too. I'm sure you get so caught up. Um, so as for doing the flesh, some suggestions, if you get the book, if not, there's tons of protocols online. The one thing I was going to say is that the one thing that we did, I took a photo of it in my phone. So I had to find it. So bear with me. I had it this morning. Um, we did a protocol, um, And I really think if you're going to do a gallbladder lipid or flesh, some people say, oh, it's not beneficial, not helpful whatsoever. It's your body. You do the research. You talk to your healthcare practitioner and you make the decisions of what's right for your own body. You don't go off my word. You don't go off anybody else's word. You do the research yourself and you find the things that are um, beneficial to your health and that will um, aid into Feeling a better you. Um, there was an article I found that was written in two thousand and nine. A doctor Sutton tells how he did a daily liver flush for a couple months and how it went. Um, and one of the things that reading that article is they, you know, they would do at ten o'clock at night. He would drink. Um, the two ounces of lemon juice, four ounces of olive oil before I go to bed. And then he added the Coca-Cola to it. I was like, I'm I'm not down with adding a nasty, gross product of Coca-Cola to it. So it was very like, okay, this is weird, weird. But then I do... um. I you see that there are some things that I think if you're going to do a flush that were very helpful for us one of them was like this ultrafoss liquid um and it it, it doesn't taste great it's oh so i would say add it to apple juice or whatever i didn't i took it in a shot glass and took it when i did it and i was ex- you know like i said i was very skeptic and but i did it anyways and then i passed stones what looked like stones so i don't know um the other thing that i did was we increased um, ta- taking taurine um do you know your body uses taurine to help make the bile so if you uh, need to supplement or get that in a diet you can research about where to get taurine and how to increase your taurine in there let's just stick it step back warning signs that your liver needs help with detoxification that you're living a life that is maybe causing your liver not to function as well as it maybe should be. One of the things that, you know, in the book that I've talked about before was white and yellow coated tongue, bad breath, feeling sluggish and tired and fatigued, weight gain, feeling nauseous, um, a weak digestive system, having headaches, itchy skin, um, skin breakouts, having fatty liver disease, eczema, rosacea, um, quickly, having a lot of anger, like jumping to the anger anger state really quick is a sign that your liver um, is not that great. There is also um, there is also this other product that we try. I do like this one brand. It's called Premier Research Labs, and they have this plant-based gallbladder support supplement. I thought it was pretty cool, um, pretty interesting. We added it as a regimen. And so I thought, um, also remember, other signs of a sluggish liver are the dark circles under your eyes, and maybe even puffy eyes, um, swollen lymph nodes, hormone imbalance, fatigue, depression, headaches, muscle and joint pain, all those things. And I have to say, because I was struggling with like bags more under my eyes. And I, um, I work so hard on like, looking younger, and feeling younger, my older body as at age. And one thing I was struggling with myself with my skin was like, bags under the eyes and it's something I still kind of have too but after I did the flush I had more of a glow to my skin it was like the same thing happened when I started using the coffee enemas and I really started working on detoxing and and um you know aiding my body in health and I was surprised of how well my skin and my energy was and so for those things alone it was a really Cool idea, you know. We always want to increase and support our body to make its own glutathione, that major antioxidant that is a powerhouse. That's made in your liver, and a lot of times we keep it from actually doing its job by just um, the secondary crazy lifestyle we have. And so we want to make sure we're promoting that and that we're doing things that are going to um, promote that healing, glute- healing effects of glutathione in your body. So. Um, supporting that is um, one being, you know, improving your insulin sensitivity with fasting, good document, um, good diet with lots of good probiotics, lots of um, green leafy vegetables, things like that. Um, avoiding certain certain medications, Tylenol is being one of them. It's the hardest. Remember, I've told you I did a whole series on Tylenol and um, liver disease and how it's linked to how how many deaths a year? It's crazy. Taking NAC, um, that is protective to the liver. Um, so sometimes people take NAC a lot. Milk thistle, remember that is super helpful. You can get it as a tea, you can get it as a blend. I think that having that ECOC tea is another great thing in supporting that liver. Taking SAME, um, ways to help consider helping detoxification and supporting your liver. We've also take, started taking, um, serrapeptase and a few other things too. Um, but also for a long time I, we've considered and been taking and supplementing with alpha-lipoic acid. Um, and then we've been increasing um, our vitamin C over time, starting with a thousand milligrams and working our way up to sometimes making five to 10,000. I know when I had <clears throat> mercury out of my mouth that um, she had me on high dose. She did an IV and I've had two doses, three or four doses of IV um, vitamin C. And if you've never had that done, it's a cool thing. It's one thing I'm going to be looking forward to doing with um, people. I'm excited about, you know, Um, being able to support and help people feel better in their body. That's all we need to like support our bodies and help, um, our own bodies, you know, by nutrition and health and healthy lifestyle and healthy, all those things. Um, another thing is the Boswellian acid helping support that natural inflammation. That's one of the things we used, um, with their coffee enemas, we actually have done a drop. I would not buy this over-the-counter whatsoever, don't even, but we did frankincense in the coffee. Um, we've also done a few other things with doing the coffee enemas. On the day of the cleanse, That we support our um, livers with essential oils, DMSO, and castor packs over the liver. Um, found those very beneficial um, and uh, a combination of uh, some great essential oils with DMSO and castor oils amazing thing to do right over the liver and feel very supportive with um helping that liver function better. Remember again dandelion root um Oregon grape root is another one that's really really good. It's all are things that, um, are beneficial. Now, some of them can interact with your medication. So you need to talk to your pharmacist. You need to talk to your healthcare provider. If you are going to try to do any of those things, another thing we always, we incorporate like all the time is chlorella. Um, and we have that in a regular basis in helping our bodies aid and detox better. Um, so Things recommended possibly for supporting that liver, gallbladder, flash, taurine again, S-A-M-E, having a good omega-3 fish oil complex, um, and digestive enzymes, digestive enzymes on a daily basis. And then remember I told you about those other things in the pack, but I was really surprised, like I said, how amazing I felt and how my skin felt and um, no pain, easy to do um, just take a cup, maybe like two, three days. you got to have them off just to prepare yourself and get things ready and feeling good in your body too. doing those little things that, um, will aid in your liver fun- function and aid in, um, your gallbladder function <clears throat> the better. So super cool. And now let's see, I wanted to go through, I have the whole book. I'm looking forward to maybe reaching out to this person. Um, this naturopath and have her on my podcast as a guest. If you happen to know her, send her my message. I have people reach out to me, um, and submit themselves to be on the podcast. I've said no to certain people, said yes to others. I'm looking for the right particular people that will really benefit um, my audience because I want to make sure that I'm caring and loving and that I'm putting out content that is um, blessing and uplifting to you and that, um, you are secure in the vision and you're secure in, um, getting some really great little tips that really can help move the needle and making you feel better in your body. So I hope this one's one. And and then when we think of your body in a holistic way in mind, body, soul, and spirit. And we have to connect all of those dots. And, um, the true healthcare is self healthcare. care um, the things that you do every single day, the little things that you do in your life that you're making sure you're getting good quality water in your life, good quality nutrients, good quality supplements. Um, those are so key to overall feeling well. Anyways, I found this little video and I was just, this is going to be a short episode and I just thought I'm going to end it with the DMSO conversation. Okay, here you go.
1: I know. I did that yesterday. It was like three and a half hours. It's like, wow. Yeah, it was a lot. I was feeling it today. Um, yes. So that's very important. You're right. Let's, let's focus now on, um, things that can help
2: people. I think the magnesium, certainly for me, it was the one thing that changed everything because it's involved in so many things. And then the DMSO came behind that to refine.
1: Yes. And I think what's critical for people to understand about this macro mineral is the, um, the, one of the main things it does, which is as a catalyst, and if you understand catalyst, basically it's a, you have enzymatic reactions. So you are uh, say taking uh, one substance and changing it into another form mm-hmm. using an enzyme or an A's, which is breaking it down a little bit. And that is a process. So it's a step-by-step thing that the body is doing yeah. and that takes time. And so if you have a catalyst the catalyst actually increases the what's called the rate limiting step, So it Mm -hmm. accelerates or enhances the speed in which those processes take shape and take Mm -hmm. form. And if you have an issue in the body of say inflammation, for example, or you have been poisoned by something, um, whether it's a food, whether it's coming from the external and the liver must process it, the liver Mm -hmm. is responsible for cleaning up the blood and making sure everything comes out of the body. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you're going to have less of a reaction time because you're increasing the rate limiting step situation. So you're breaking down the waste faster. Makes
2: sense. And
1: then when I was looking at the detox of the liver and I was, you know, just trying to understand all the complication of the, the, the basically just the chemistry of what's mm-hmm. happening in the biochemistry. I realized that there are seven primary elimination routes and every single one of them, if they don't have enough magnesium, they will not work. Mm-hmm and so that means it's essential to ensure that your liver does not become backed up or congested yeah and it's a master of your body it's basically like your receptionist when you walk in is the liver and it's responsible for organizing the entire body Mm -hmm. it's also an endocrine organ Um, and if it's not functioning properly you're not functioning functioning properly so Mm -hmm. when you can get enough magnesium in your system you're going to upregulate your detox mechanism you're going to ensure that the speed of the reactions is ample and your bowels are going to be able to remove the waste appropriately and it's you're less likely to get things like asthma attacks and rashes and mm-hmm. um, all kinds of hair loss and etc. and, you know, psych, psychological, you know, challenges and so forth because you're not going to be in those deficiency states. Um, and topical tends to be the best way to absorb it.
2: I have found that because if you take it orally, it is a laxative
1: Yes, most of the types of magnesium will act as a laxative and because you will only absorb a smaller amount of it because yep. of the way that our guts absorb, yep. uh, the, west, the rest will just be pushed through. So mm-hmm. 300 milligrams you know, a day is not enough, no. um, not for where we're living and how we're living the stressful times we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to help with sleep as well. So a lot of people can use it right before bedtime to have a more restful sleep. It mm-hmm. helps with pain because it, it decreases the inflammation yep. in the area. Um, and it's very versatile. Um, sometimes topically, it's itchy for people, and that's because of the estrogen receptors on the skin, the way that mm-hmm. it uptakes it and the transdermal nature
2: of it. I, I, um, I found that, and I wanted to itch because I, I, when I find something that I think is going to be right, I do a small test, and I think, right, I'll do everything. So I literally swamp my skin with it. With a spray bottle and I rubbed it all in and went for a walk. And I just wanted to scratch my entire skin off. Mm. And that last that I was walking on thinking, what have I done to myself? It was so uncomfortable. But that does pass. And now I pass. still I've, I still use it largely every day. I just buy big bags of magnesium chloride mixed with distilled water spray bottle and I just apply it. And yeah. it actually works really well as a deodorant too. Yes, it does. Yeah.
1: And, and, and it's simple and it's affordable and you can make it easily yourself. Yes. Um, you know, I make it. I make it as a product, but I also make it with um, DMSO. I heard uh, that. As I hadn't well. thought
2: about trying that. I watched a video of yours earlier on. I thought I'm going to try that. That's interesting. Yeah, it, exactly. it, it is. It, if you, if we step back a little bit, just to magnesium for a second. In, in in my experience, I was looking for things. I was having very bad heart palpitations. I was mm-hmm. having terrible migraine headaches that would go on for four and five days. They would clear for a day and come back again. I was having really bad hand tremors. I I was having leg tremors where I thought my phone was buzzing in my pocket and it was my legs vibrating. Um, I had all sorts of other things going on. And it was actually my daughter uh, because she was having terrible trouble with her heart palpitations. Her resting heart rate was like 96 and it would go up to over 200 when she's exercising, but she's very fit. I started applying it all over my skin. All of my situations settled down within a month. And mm-hmm. we checked her. She'd been in hospital twice, been coded off in an ambulance because of it. And then when we started doing that, now she's got really sensitive skin, so she has a foot soap with the magnesium in it. Mm-hmm. And we checked her resting heart rate within three weeks and it was down at 56 beats a minute. Beautiful. You know, so yeah. it's, it's, it's it, in, in my experience, and I mentioned this with Tom as well, and I know it's accurate, is that all disease, I don't care what label, what name, whatever they want to call it, all disease is based on either toxicity and or deficiency of something. And the yep. first thing to hit in my world is always hit the magnesium because nearly everyone I've met is deficient because of the way the food supply is right now.
1: Magnesium is is pretty much everyone that's going to talk to me is going to be leaving with magnesium or be told mm-hmm. to either do Epsom salt soaks or um, magnesium flakes soaks in the bath or get the the topical on there or something, or even I'll even get it orally. I'll even say, fine, then at least take something orally if yeah. they won't do, somewhere, it's got to come in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's essential for, obviously, preventing heart attacks. And
2: when you are so deficient in magnesium, as many people are, you might be taking it to solve a particular problem, but your body says that can stay. That is not on the critical list. We have a critical issue here you're not aware of. We're going to fix that up first. Then mm-hmm. we'll get around to that at some point. Because I have people say priorities. Me, yeah, absolutely. But they're not your priorities. Your body knows. Just keep giving it what it needs, and it will work itself through.
1: It will work through, and you'll be patient, and be diligent, and yeah. give give it, you know, and listen, and it always sorts out, always. Even the big stuff, even the stuff you don't even think.
0: Okay, I just thought that was so good to. Whoops. Homeowner. Uh, I thought that was such a good, um, kind of segue where you give a little information, not even enough information about the amazing effects of DMSO, but um, topical magnesium I've talked about so many times, and I have that book on it. I wonder if it's sitting next to me. Nope. Such a cool book. Such a cool book. And when we started um, using it um, consistently, um, yes, you got to be careful applying it. And as the oil, and um, maybe as a lotion, sometimes the best, making your own little lotion with it and making your own little lotion with it with combined with oils. You know, you get some shea butter, add some magnesium um, oil to it, add your DMSO. All these cool things you can do and then have them topically in your skin. And then do be consistent with these things. And you're going to see a difference in how you feel. And, um, maybe just emotionally, physically, how you're dealing with certain resiliency of your liver. So you can go and see all these people have posted so many videos of like, when you go do the research on YouTube, it's just everywhere of, um, when it comes to the liver flushes and passing stones, but people put so many pictures out. It's ridiculous that I think it's necessary, um, for me to talk and share exactly all that about it. Um, I just thought to tie this all in one little, you know, knot and like complete the whole liver section I've been talking about. That's how I was just going to end it. You know, um, it's, uh, an organ and a function that is complex and beautiful and we have a busy, crazy lifestyle that sometimes we don't support and we don't think of our internal organs as such beautiful, amazing things that we need to be doing to support them. Um and, and you know, I, I think that there's a turning point where certain people are And that, um, they're open their mind are open to all those amazing things that they can be doing to having a better functioning, or maybe you had a crazier lifestyle for a long time and you've been, um, just dumping in toxins into your body and, um, going nowhere with your health. I have friends that like that and they've done better when they took more of a natural approach and, um, got off and were able to get off, you know, 12 medications, nine medications. There's other episodes you can go here on my podcast. So those interviews of oh, those lives changed. And those are just a little compared to thousands that have made some amazing healthcare decisions and amazing self care decisions and how to take care and manage their body naturally. And it's, um, it's a big thing and it's a big, it's, it's something that's really been um sup- you know superior to aiding and supporting your overall health and feeling better in your body is having those great functioning organs um so i just thought i okay there was a there was one little video that um one of the founders of functional medicine um and other people talked about and I found this little clip that was done a year ago it's like 17 minutes and then you know this one's only about 28 minutes so I thought let's play this and add this in because it was so good so just not give you the um, commercials but I wanna this was such a cool thing Um, so I'm gonna share it
3: Se- from intermittent Isn't fasting. she awesome? She's, yeah. <laughs> I brought her here. <laughs> so, segueing from intermittent fasting, we're going to go to ketosis. So, can you just briefly explain ketosis to, to people uh, and, and also explain the it? difference between diabetic ketosis and nutritional ketosis?
4: So yeah, so when we talk about low carb diets, I think we need to clarify like a ketogenic type diet is truly a low carb, moderate protein, higher fat diet typically, or it's at least getting the body into a state where it's primarily burning fat as a fuel. And so when fat is burned as a fuel, which the body can flip to doing it. In fact, we all did it during our lives because as as newborn babies, the, the brain of an infant, is hardwired to live off of fat right. and which is why breast milk is formulated the way it is Nature's a little bit smart
5: yeah so, by the way breast milk's 25 saturated percent saturated fat, fat. so maybe we should, if we, saturated fat's bad we should ban breast milk
4: right <laughs> so ketones are what are produced when the body Is burning fat. The cells can, although there's a few cells in the body, like the astrocytes in the brain can actually take fatty acids and convert them to ketones in the brain itself. And the brain actually functions incredibly well, as does the nervous system with extra fats. And so the problem is, is people think of ketones and I'm a type one diabetic. So everybody freaks out with ketones and thinks of diabetic ketoacidosis. And I can tell you that right now, sitting, in here, sitting here today, I'm in you know, nutritional ketosis, which means that my body is burning fats rather than carbohydrates, but I'm not in DKA. DK is where it's a whole sort of metabolic meltdown where the body electrolytes are off, ketones get incredibly high. And as long as there's insulin in the system, insulin will shut down ketone production. So a normal person doesn't have to worry about going into decay, although there are some rare exceptions where starvation ketoacidosis can happen. Even a type one diabetic who's doing it carefully and understanding the principles of it and is not sick and dehydrated and taking exogenous ketones, which is a separate discussion. You know, those are all circumstances where a low carbohydrate diet actually helps a diabetic maintain, whether you're type one or type two, less glucose excursions. Yeah, I
5: mean, ketosis is something we've all evolved with because it's a parallel fuel source. We have two fuel sources, sugar, And fat. Right. And we burn our own fat. You have, you know, 2,500 calories of glycogen in your muscles. You've got like 40,000 calories of fat stored in your body. So it's a good backup system. Uh, And what it does is pretty extraordinary in the body. It, It actually reduces visceral fat. It increases, which is all the organ fat that causes heart disease, diabetes, cancer, or Alzheimer's. It shrinks your organ sizes. It increases stem cell production. It reduces inflammation, It enhances cognitive function. In fact, it grows your hippocampus, which is the memory center in the brain. Uh, it reduces IGF-1, which produces cancer. It increases your bone mineral density. So it has enormous beneficial effects across the spectrum, and it optimizes your mitochondria, which burn much better on fat. In fact, it's the preferred fuel which is why MCT oil is so great. So, so, this, so you can get into ketosis co- by fasting. So what they were talking about before intermittent fasting, that's all about increasing ketosis. And there's hacks to do that without having to either go on a ketogenic diet or fast. For example, using a combination of half and half MCT oil and coconut oil regularly throughout the day actually gives you long and short term ketosis, which is kind of a
3: sort of a biological hack. A myth too, I think some people think, oh, if we're gonna do keto, I'm gonna be super paleo and just have like red meat and butter all day. But you actually live in ketosis and you're plant-based.
4: Yeah, at this stage and I go back and forth and for me, it's not a religion. And you know, like I said, the second I feel like my body needs to have some animal protein, I'll consider going back to it. But you can be in ketosis and eat a higher fat, moderate protein, low carbohydrate diet so part of it is, can be through calorie restriction, although I don't calorie restrict at this point, but having healthy, you know, plant fats. And the cautious thing with that is when we think of plant fats, sometimes we think of canola oil and corn oil and those.
3: I just think avocados. Of,
4: yeah, I think of, so I carry, it's funny, I have two avocados in my checked luggage and then two avocados that I bring with me on the have plane. Good luck with that. And yeah, it, TSA doesn't necessarily like avocados. It usually causes an issue. But a lot of green clothes, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) But so, you know, yes being in ketosis can be helpful, but at the same time there's a number of different ways to do it. And people get into trouble with doing it. So if you're really insulin resistant, you may actually have trouble getting into ketosis. So I use ketogenic diets, just as Mark was saying that it's really good for the brain, it's also really good for the rest of the nervous system. And ketones, beta-hydroxybutyrate, so there's three ketones that are produced, beta-hydroxybutyrate, acetone, and acetoacetate and beta hydroxybutyrate in itself is an incredibly powerful anti-inflammatory
1: mm-hmm.
4: and so we can use plus it actually is you know the fuel that the brain can use so i use it a lot with my patients of my patients are obese, and 50% of them in a spine practice. So when we talk about why, why is a spine surgeon talking about this stuff, it's because it increases the risk of surgical complications. Oh, by the way, it's much easier to get people better, and I end up doing, my husband wishes I would do more unnecessary spine surgery and stop getting people better without it. But, you know, we can utilize these things in order to help you know, improve outcomes even with traditional medical treatment.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think the key is that a ketogenic diet is not for everybody. Right. Right? It's like it, it does a lot of great things and it increases longevity. I mean, there's a study came out in the last few weeks how it increases cognitive function and yep. extends lifespan in animal models. But it's therapeutic diet. So if someone comes in and they have a- autism, if they have Alzheimer's, if they're diabetic that's really uncontrolled and nothing else is working if they have Parkinson's disease it's a it's a powerful mitochondrial therapy is what we're talking about so those, those are indications where I'm aggressively using it but it's, I don't think it's necessarily necessary
3: for everybody but okay if I'm a regular person out there I want to perform better feel good like can I do it here and there what is what is it too much like can I live this way I mean it's a tough diet I mean it's you know, 70 80 percent fat um, which is hard like to do. Avocados
5: all day. Yeah, it's avocados, olive oil, coconut oil. Um, it's, it's very low starch. So, you know, even nuts are high-carbohydrate foods, potentially. So it's, it's challenging. Um, but it, it can be extraordinary for performance. There's a guy I heard about recently who uh, was a Mount Everest guide, and he was totally fit and taking many people up to the summit. could never could do without oxygen. And he was, you know, fueling with all the glucose fuels. And he switched to a ketogenic diet and was able to summit without any oxygen. So...
4: I was going to say, again, like any other tool and using it, thinking it as an intervention, there are times where it's appropriate and times where it's not. And other places where people can get into trouble with it, sort of doing it on their own.
3: So I want to move on to stem cells. Can you briefly explain, Mark, for people
5: who've heard Our our stem cells?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we all have these stem cells, which are sort of
5: undifferentiated cells. They're like the original cells that can become anything. You know, so these cells can become a liver cell, a brain cell, a kidney cell a skin cell, and they're in our bone marrow, then our fat cells, they're in umbilical cord blood. Uh, and they, there's this huge wave of stem cell research now that's looking at how do we use those in medicine. And it's, it's really very akin to functional medicine because it's actually allowing the body to use its own intelligence to heal and repair. Um, and... and the problem in this country is that the research is really restricted. You can't do, for example, stem cell cultures, which allows you to grow a lot of stem cells from your own stem cells and use them in many different ways. Um, And and the idea is that it, it actually goes to where the issues are. It's they're like smart cells and they go to where the issues are and they begin to release various growth factors and various compounds in the body that are reparative and regenerative and healing. So who are people who might benefit? Our orthopedic issues are are really a huge area where it's shown to be a benefit. Autoimmune diseases in area of research, things like Parkinson's, uh, MS, uh, even Alzheimer's. I think there, there's there's some
3: interesting research going on in all these areas. If Alzheimer's keeps on coming up. Is Alzheimer's going to be around in 10 years? Oh, boy.
5: I mean, it's if you look at Alzheimer's, it's, it's probably going to be the biggest driver of healthcare costs. Uh, it's going to affect, you know, 14 million people by the next, you know, 20 years and all the caregivers around it, it's just an enormous social and economic burden and it's accelerating dramatically globally. Uh, and it's really driven by, in a large part, you know, our, our diet. Sugar is, is really the biggest driver. They call it now type 3 diabetes. And so we, we really are seeing this explosion. And the good news is there's guys like Dale Bredesen, who's looking at how do we modify the environment of the brain to change the trajectory and actually reverse it. And we've seen this. I mean, I had a guy the other day came office who was 61 years old. He couldn't construct a sentence. He could barely remember his wife. He couldn't read a clock uh, and he'd been getting worse and worse. And he was 61 years old and went to the neurologist at Harvard who said, you know, your time's up, get your affairs in order. Turned out he had a whole series of issues, including mercury poisoning. He, He had an extremely high sugar diet. He had, Lyme disease and tick infections are affecting his brain, and so we sort of addressed all these things. We put him on a ketogenic diet. We put him on a treatment for Lyme and, and tick infections. We got his metals down, fixed his microbiome. And the guy came back eight months later, and he was like, "Can read the clock, and he knows his wife, and he 's conversing. And I mean I was really shocked. So we, we can see by using this systematic functional medicine approach, which is what Dale 's doing, actually begin to see the reversal.
3: Carrie, where do you see stem cells going?
4: So, you know, we as spine surgeons have been using bone marrow aspirin stem cells for about 20 years when we do fusions in people's backs. And so the studies around that, you know, that's, it's fairly stable and it's fairly well accepted part of the issue with stem cells is because people think of embryonic stem cells which are you know stem cells from the the embryo which are different than adult stem cells and that's where some of the regulations have sort of been an impediment to some of the research i think there's a lot of uses for stem cells potentially i think one of the things again not to be the one who sort of brings up hey, this is all great, but these are the hazards we have to be careful of, is we don't yet know the dosage of the cells that are important for individual conditions. And we don't know how often you have to do it and the durability of it. And so part of what's happening is, yes, I think stem cells, and I do use stem cells with patients, and I think this can be Really helpful in certain circumstances. I think when you have an arthritic knee where it's biomechanically unstable because it's end stage knee arthritis, it's hard for me to see injecting stem cells into that to have that change it. And the other big issue is because of the regulation, there are a lot of people who are out sort of doing it in, you know, strip malls. And the issue with that ends up being it's direct to consumer marketing some of the the promises that are made are not necessarily realistic it's you know out of pocket costs and again we still have a lot of questions about how do we effectively use this and then there's also the downside of anytime you stick a needle into somebody you can have complications related to the procedure itself so you want to make sure that the person who's doing them is competently trained when they're doing the procedure independent of how many cells and what type of cells they're delivering
3: so i'm going to move on to ozone therapy which has a controversial past uh can you explain ozone therapy to people and and
5: sure i mean ozone we know about the ozone layer but it's it's o3 and it's something that's produced uh when there's electricity from lightning and in the rainstorm you'll smell it uh it's a very volatile gas that has been used in medicine for a long time Uh, It was actually used in in early world war one as a disinfectant the first ozone generator was invented by nikolai tesla and it has really extraordinary properties. It's, it's sort of almost been absent from the United States uh, in terms of research and practice, but it's, it's very extensively used in Russia, in Italy, in Spain, in Germany, uh, in Cuba. There's just tremendous amounts of research on it. And as a medical therapy, it, it's, it's really looked down upon in this country. But it's, it actually has the potential to be a hormetic substance. And hormesis is the idea that you take a toxic substance, you introduce it, and it stimulates a healing response in the body. In small amounts. In small amounts, right.
3: So you have some personal
5: experience. I do, yeah. With uh, For those like of you who don't that. know, um, you know, I was very, very sick this winter, almost Felt like I almost died. Uh, and I, I had a long story, but I had uh, a moldy barn. I lived in a beautiful 120-year-old barn, which was super moldy. And I was having the effects of that. I had a root canal. I went bad. I had an infection, needed an antibiotic. And then I got C. diff and my whole system collapsed. I got colitis, gastritis, pain, lost 25 pounds for my already pretty skinny self. And, um, and I, you know, used functional medicine, but it really, my whole system was in such a state of, uh, you know, catabolic, collapse and, and immune and dysfunction and inflammation that I couldn't break the cycle. Uh, and I began to read about various therapies in ozone. And I basically did what I called the nuclear option, which is I went and had intravenous ozone twice a day. I did hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I did high dose IVC and glutathione. And I ended up also doing stem cells. And... You know, within two days of the ozone, I went from being completely cognitive impaired, completely exhausted, uh, and being in 24-7 pain for five months to being almost symptom-free. And, and what it does is it increases um, your body's ability to actually fight infections by improving your immune system. It increases all the antioxidant enzymes in your body. And it also seems to kill everything. It's probably the most powerful disinfectant on the planet. So you whether... It
4: decrease cytokines.
5: Yeah, yeah. So it's initially like, but it lasts only a few seconds when you inject it. And then it changes into these byproducts that actually have all these secondary benefits. So where do you see the future
3: of these healing modalities?
5: I, I, you know, I think it it really depends on, you know, how how we start to develop the research on this. Because, you know, right now, there's no real serious research. Do it on
3: yourself. You're just experimenting.
5: Yeah I'm just experimenting and I don't recommend people do this But I've seen pretty extraordinary results and I was of right at the end of my rope and I think that uh, I, I'm hopeful that we're gonna be able to begin to do research on this That we're gonna be able to actually advance this field and I I think it's a very powerful therapy for people who are stuck there's you know those 20% per-
0: I guess he needs to get the same books that I have and The thing is, is he's also probably in the health community as a physician and gets backlash from many other physicians. (laughs) Yet, yet, um, if you just care about loving and, um, trusting and healing people and it's their body and their choice, you give those options for them to do the things that they think that will, um, help with healing with the least amount of possible side effects. Shouldn't that be the way we want to treat people. I'm just going to end it with that. I want you to think about how better we can serve people. And you give me your um, insights. Um, You can hit me up on email. God bless.